0: everybody, welcome to another episode of the Six Sports Talk along with Brett Black and Jaden Jones. We're going to call this a hangover or lazy Sunday, depending on uh, who you're talking to. But uh, lots to get to. We'll uh, we'll start things off first today with the National Women's Hockey League that concluded their 2020-2021 season. And a, a big congratulations to the Boston Pride.
1: Yeah, it was a heck of a journey that they had to go on. And obviously with the, the original bubble it being overrun by COVID and so many people testing positive and it, it was just a mess to start, but I'm glad that they finally finished the season and, and were able to crown a champion in the Boston Pride.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had in terms of professional sports league, they definitely did a really good job about coming back and finishing the season. I know a, a month ago, we weren't even sure if they would actually be able to come back and finish it because of the COVID concerns. Where I think it was, uh, it was the Connecticut Whale or or the or Buffalo that they had uh, the entire team pretty much had COVID, and it just looked to be disastrous. But they came back, they finished strong, and uh, overall, I watched the Toronto Six game. You can tell they weren't on the ice uh, a lot before, obviously with the restrictions in Ontario and a lot of the players. Being Canadian and kind of being dispersed throughout uh, Canada, it created some issues with uh, with practicing and being able to get together as a team. Whereas Boston, I think they played at their home rank, if I'm not wrong. So definitely, I would say a slight advantage there. But overall, uh, just congratulations to them. And glad to see we're actually able to have a winner of the Isabel Cup this year.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's so huge, especially for that league, to be able to just get their um, their first season, or I guess uh, the Toronto Six and and everyone, just to get the season done and out of the way, so now that they can focus on the future and how they're going to evolve the league, get more people involved, get more teams potentially, um, and and really be able to take this thing to another level. So yeah, congratulations to the Boston Pride, uh, all, all the girls that that were able to compete in, oh, sorry, all the all the women that were able to compete in the in the bubble and and in the playoffs. So so proud and. Um, looking forward to to next season and see what that brings
0: and there could be a potential surprise for next season that we'll get to in last minute of the podcast but uh, we're going to take a break on talking least today we're going to take a break on the CFL and the drama there with the XFL and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays we'll get to that next week once they finalize the roster because there's been some developments at least uh, with injuries and all that but I feel like we can wait But the big news for this week, and if you're a a six sports fan and a basketball fan, like if you can see behind me, my jerseys here, you know that we're pretty big fans of the Toronto Raptors, even the shirt that I'm wearing for the podcast, Toronto Raptors. Um, There's a lot of nervousness about what the team will look like. We'll get into uh, the Lowry and Norman Powell trade in a little bit. But first, we want to talk about kind of the two smaller moves the Raptors made which was the trade of Matt Thomas to Utah and was uh, Terrence Davis to Sacramento. Um, We talked about this earlier in the season when Thomas wasn't in his playing time. We kind of knew he was moving. It was just a matter of when Davis, they had some issues and I, they were kind of working towards resolving some of it. I think it was just more of a personality clash with him and some uh, not so much teammates but uh personnel on the team and it looked like he was going but there were still some questions about if he would go if he, if they try to work with him but now we know the answer to that overall not major moves but still you're going to see some changes at least in the depth for for the raptors
1: yeah for sure and and as you started off we we love our raptors here i have my raptor shirt on too and i swear we did not plan this so um yeah, Raptors with some big moves with Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas going, and I think after the whole Terrence Davis thing, and obviously I don't know anyone from the organization or anything, but I would assume that they weren't too happy with Davis, and even though he uh, the charges were dropped or or whatever they they finished their investigation, I think that it really put um, a negative light on his personal brand and him as a person and player. So. I think that they took that into account when maybe trading him to Sacramento and and going over to Utah was Matt Thomas, who we all know an unbelievable shooter, Um, perfect form, Clay Thompson type, JJ Reddick type shooter, very lights out. Um, I just think that he had a rough year um, this past year, which everyone did, but um, unfortunately he didn't turn out or didn't develop in the way that the Raptors may have would have wanted to, and they, they shipped him off to Utah, where he'll be able to to, to really get some playing time, really show what he's got, and, and really develop under a really good system, and and have a chance at a at a title contender.
0: I think we talked about it before, but we know Thomas is a good player. We know what he brings to the table. He's not—I wouldn't call him a game changer, but he's definitely someone you want on the court that can act a at, at very most, or at, sorry, at very least, a distraction with his shooting abilities and how he's just able to put up those big threes when you need him to. But it was just a matter of the depth on the Raptors. It was hard to find playing time, especially with uh, Malachi Flynn coming in, kind of taking over that role and, and not really allowing him to get minutes. And then when we did see him get some minutes, they weren't good minutes. Uh, he really struggled. I think that was just because he wasn't getting touches. He was uh, from what I've heard and what I've seen on Reddit and Twitter, he was putting in the work, but just when it was time for him to step up, he he just, it didn't pan out. And, and, you know, sometimes it just falls that way. And we even talked about, I think we even talked about Utah being a really good spot for him, where he could allow other guys to shoot, take the ball more, and just be that distraction on the court that we know he is. Because when he has the ball in his hands, we know that he can shoot. We know that he's, he's good, but... I think just, again, a change in city for him is is good. And then Davis, I forgot about the charges. I completely, I honestly completely forgot about that. Uh, more or less from what I've heard is that he was just showing up late to practice. Uh, had some issues with, with someone in personnel and it just, it, it didn't really look good from an outside point of view. And, and obviously when you're a part of the organization, when you're a part of the team and you're there every day, you probably have a better idea of what exactly is going on and, and not getting lost in the rumor mill like I do. But hey, we're a podcast, we're supposed to pretend that we know what's going on. But, um, so not, not really any major moves there, but getting back two draft picks that uh, we could use down the road for whatever, or just help swing a deal if we want to make a bigger move. But I think the biggest move that we've seen was Norman Powell to Portland, who I think is going to play amazing there, along with Dame McCallum. Two guys that have the same personality as him. Getting back, Rodney Hood, who is a solid rotational player, uh Gary Trent Jr who is by the way did you see this, the thing about him and his dad about both being 41 Yeah
1: years?
0: that how crazy is that like like talk about I don't know if they planned that I don't know if they if you don't know what I'm talking about his dad played for Portland was traded to the Raptors 41 games in the averaged the same amount of points per game same rebound same everything and also to to add on to that uh I think Utah was at the top of the league as well, in points, and uh, the final four, like the end, the March Madness bracket looks the exact same way it did with the same schools and everything. I'm like, this is beyond crazy coincidence. By the way, I just, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because there's like no way that this, this, like, they planned this. Someone planned this, okay?
1: I, I don't think anyone planned this. I mean, it's obviously crazy and And the world works in mysterious ways, man. It's life is crazy. Um, timing of things can be very, very unbelievable, but I mean, hey, we're I know a lot of people are happy that he's on the Raptors, and a lot of people are sad that he's still not on the trailblazers. He was He was a very big piece of that organization, and um, he did a lot in that community from what I've heard and um, and really solidified that uh, that bunch of guys uh, for the trailblazers.
0: So, uh, moving forward, though, with the Norman Pell trade, uh, Rodney Hood and Trent Gary Jr. or Gary Trent Jr. Sorry, um, <laughs> you know what? mass. <laughs> um. Anyway, so when we're trying to break down the trade, we um, we saw basically what I what we said before is that this is a proving ground year where the guys that want to be here, that want to step up, that show sure they have a role on this team, they're going to find a way to keep them. And then guys that's time to move on from, they're going to go ahead and shut them out. Norman Powell, not so much one of those guys fitting in where, oh, he wasn't playing well. He was playing fantastic, one of his best years. But I think in terms of the Raptors, they're trying to find guys that are competitive, that are, you know, they can kind of retool with and and trying to fill in the holes that they needed. Obviously, I think that in terms of the trade, just in general, the Raptors won. I, I don't know if you have a different opinion on that, but to me, Norman Powell, great player, but you get two guys back that can be assets to the team. Trent is still very young. I think he's only 23, 24. They said his ceiling may be slightly higher than Powell, and you get a guy like Hood that, you know, he's going to be a solid rotation depth guy that would probably fit well into the Raptors' culture and the mold.
1: Oh, that's such a tough, it's it's a tough trade because the people involved are so talented. So obviously Norman Powell, a very underrated player in the NBA, might I say. He is a hooper. He can get his shot off. He's a very high efficiency player. He can get to the rim. He can pass the ball. He can cut. He can do it all really. And, and he's shown that. Um, especially in his first game with a Portland Trailblazer uniform on, he uh, I think he had 22 points game, game high uh, or team high, sorry, tied for team high. So I think with his addition over there, with Dame, CJ, Mello, all these guys that can hoop, that have proven to be pure hoopers, I think he's going to thrive in that situation. And not only that, he's from California, San Diego, California. He's going to be in the same conference as, as the L.A. teams, and he's going to be going back home to play on, on a regular basis kind of thing. So I think that was that might have played a role in sending him to the West was that he got to play closer to home. Because as we know, Toronto, it's, it's different for guys coming over here. Obviously, if you stay here long enough, you make it your home, you really enjoy it. But guys, like as we saw in Kawhi, they want to be close to home. They want to play in front of family and friends. So I think that might have been a that might have been an aspect to the to the trade, why they traded him to Portland, why they traded him to the West Coast. But I think that Portland won this trade because they just get another weapon. They get a guy that can that can put up 16, 17, 18 points. A night, if CJ's cold, put Norman in. Dame's cold, you got Norm. He's a backup plan for them. Now, focusing on the Raptors, Rodney Hood, kind of a journeyman player, uh, very good corner three shooter, veteran presence, power forward. I think he's going to help the younger guys a lot, especially even maybe um, Chris Boucher a guy who's still on the rise, he's been doing fantastic this season, has really been taking those next steps to grow his game and just keep getting better and better, I think that Hood will be a good influence on him. And now Gary Trent Jr. This guy is a blank canvas for for all I'm concerned. This guy, he works hard on defense. He's fast. He hustles. He's a very efficient three-point shooter, just like Norman was. But he's a bit younger. So you can really take him and develop him into the Raptors system player that you want him to be. And he can learn from uh, a guy like Lowry or, or Van Vliet and really thrive into that situation. If They go with the th- they can go with a three-guard front, play very small ball. And I think that they did it a couple times the other night. But you put a, a lineup in with um, Lowry, Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG and Pascal, I mean, defensively, that's very dangerous lineup. Mix it Pascal for Chris Boucher, whatever you want. But the Raptors got a very defensive sound player and just a ball full of energy in Gary Trent Jr., and, and I really like it. A lot of people don't like it, but I, I like it. Overall, I think Portland won the trade, but what the Raptors got back wasn't awful. It wasn't bad. And I think that they're going to do a lot with Gary Trent Jr. and really take his game to the next level.
0: It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Obviously, we know the Raptors as a developmental system. Like all you have to do again is look at a guy like Norman Bell or Van Fleet and how well they've been and really taking time and developing these players, understanding their strengths and not so much focusing on, well, you're not doing this right. It's hey, we can see your potential. We know that this is your th- strength. Let's work on this a bit and let's get you to that all-star level or to that next level where you could be potentially in two to three years, uh, a starter. Well, obviously he's already a starter now for the Raptors, but maybe an all-star caliber player or beyond that. Uh, really, time will tell, um, I think. And I think, uh, too, if you are looking at who won that trade, personally, to me, the Raptors just won, but that's because I'm biased, obviously. But um I think really the only way you're going to see who truly won is short term. If Portland gets to, I would say the conference finals for the West, uh, then it's a win for them where they have that depth and, and they're, they become even more lethal than what they already are. And to me, I think that's a win for the Raptors by number one, they gained two spots. There's some rumors. They might sign a Linux. We can get into that in a second, but it kind of opens up that roster spot and allows them to retool. And we'll we'll move on now to, to maybe this because this was probably the biggest story on Trade Deadline for the Raptors. Where will Lowry go? Pretty much after their final game Wednesday night. Everyone assumed this is Lowry's last game as a member of the Raptors. He's going somewhere. He's going to Philly, he's going to LA, he's going to Miami, he's going somewhere. But he's still a Raptor, and don't get me wrong. I'm very happy about that. I think that even though he's 35, we can still use him. He's still a very solid player. He's still that, that, that leader that we need. I get that his contract's ending this year, but we can still re-sign him. I, I know that he wants to stay in Toronto. Um, Philly is the second choice, obviously, growing up there. But from all reports, he wants to stay in the six. That That's his game plan. And he wants to have his final game with the Raptors in front of fans, not this weird Tampa Bay... Situation, but did the Raptors make a mistake? A lot of people are saying they did, but to me, you still get a lot from having Lowry there. Maybe you don't get the draft picks, of course, but you get a guy that's passionate, that is a leader in the team, and obviously is willing to take young guys like Gary Trent Jr. under his wing and teach them and you know make them feel welcomed and help get them to that next level where they need to go. And I really do think he is that good of a player where what he does goes way beyond the court and makes him even a, even a bigger asset to whatever team he's on.
1: The Raptors didn't make a mistake. They did their best to, to ship him out and get a, 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 a package that would help them for the future and, and, and set them up. They wanted a guy like hero from Miami, from what um, they were saying on, on trade deadline day. The Heat would only give up Duncan Robinson. They said, "Hero's not in the plans." I'm like, fine. The whole thing, what people don't understand is that the Raptors didn't have to trade Lowry. They can wait till the summer. They can do a sign and trade. They don't have. They did not have to get rid of him that day. The Raptors were just feeling it out, seeing okay, what's who's interested, who can we get back? I think from the Lakers, they were offering. Um Dennis Schroeder KCP potentially Montres Harrell potentially I'm not sure but K- KCP and Dennis Schroeder for sure so
0: with I think, that sorry just to jump in I think Kyle Kuzma was part of the LA thing too where he was being worked into the discussions because they wanted a young player back of some sort
1: okay so you have Kuz, KCP, and Dennis Schroeder. Three guys or two guys in KCP and, and Kuz that can shoot, shoot the ball. Like they can, they can just let it fly. They're they're very um non-system players. They can maneuver around the court, very good offensive players defensively, not so much. But Dennis Schroeder would have been a nice uh nice thing to, to get back in return. But I th- I just think that they didn't. They didn't find what they were looking for, and that's okay. They could hold. They can hold on to Lowry. They can do what they they do this year. Maybe get a, a seven eight spot in the playoffs. They go on a bit of a run here, and and kind of figure it out. But the, what people have to understand is that they didn't have to trade them. If you, you they didn't they weren't forced to pull the trigger. They didn't feel any pressure. Okay, we didn't see what we were like. Lowry stays Raptor. There was no, there was no rush. There was no pressure for them to, to get rid of him. We all know that this season's kind of been, um, a gong show with them being down in Tampa and, and all this being away from their families, um, being away from their home city. They, they didn't have to trade him. That's, and and they didn't. So, I mean, I, I was fine with it. I mean, I don't think that a team should be pressured to trade someone just cause, just because they get pressure from the fans, from the media, whoever. They didn't have to trade him. They didn't trade him. He's still Raptor for now. We're all grateful, and, and we're, we're all hoping that he can take us to a playoff spot.
0: I think what is an issue, too, and I and so the last month, we the Raptors went on a skid where it was completely because of COVID. It's not because they were playing bad. It's not because guys weren't showing up to play it's strictly because most of their starting lineup was out with COVID for about three weeks. Even when you come back, if you look at other teams, how they handled the situation, they even said like, you know, it takes even after they someone comes back from COVID two more weeks to kind of get into conditioning and like just back into like game mentality. But even then, depending on how severe COVID was for them and depending on, you know, for the most part in the NBA, a lot of the athletes that get COVID, it's very minor symptoms and they're usually okay after a week or two, but it does sometimes play with you mentally and, and it takes a while to come back from that. So with that being said, the Raptors, you know, kind of go through a month of not really having their top guys. Now Van Fleet looked a, a lot better that he's now came back and from COVID, but they're still in a, a playoff spot, especially with this new playing round that the, uh, the league's doing uh, the Raptors currently sit at eighteen twenty-seven. They are just a game and a half back behind Chicago, which would put them in that final play-in round. Uh, Chicago's at 19-25. It's not like they're out of it yet. Like it's not like you know we've seen with previous seasons where if you're in the tenth, uh, or sorry, in the eleventh spot, in the tenth spot, where. You know, you're, you're kind of battling for the the seed, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll get in. And usually now this is where you're like, okay, what are we doing? Are we going for a rebuild? It all seems to be a little bit more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They can work around a little bit with the roster. And I think if you gave Lowry away for the wrong pieces, then yeah, it's a rebuild but they're not out of it yet. They're still very much in a playoff position if they get the right wins, if they're able to, to string together a couple wins, get in the play-in round, battle for the seventh spot, battle for the eighth spot, and just get in. The season isn't completely lost, and I think you know the biggest thing to remember about all of this is strictly the fact that they lost, what was it, four or five of their starters to COVID. Not because they're playing bad, not because no one was showing up, Strictly because your go-to guys, they were out for pretty much a month or more.
1: Yeah, you said it. Anything can happen. There's still lots of games up to be played. They can go on on a mini run here and, and even get to the to the sixth spot if they they really wanted to. It, it all depends on how that they play and and how locked in they are for this final stretch. And I trade wise, front office wise, I, I trust Masai. He's an unbelievable. Um executive in the league for the team. I, I trust them completely and, and I trust the guys that are on the court. They just have to figure it out. Plain and simple.
0: They are, we still have about a, a month left. Uh, I think the season goes until the third week of April. We're currently March 28th. So still, still a couple games left where they can like do something. Like they're not out of it completely. And I think Partially, if you're listening to the rumors, I think Miami bought out Kelly Olenek. There's talks about him coming to Toronto, being, he's from Toronto himself. So it makes sense. His family, his his parents, both worked for the Raptors at one point. I think, I don't know how he would fit in with the Raptors. I don't know. He definitely would be an improvement over Baines, don't get me wrong. But I think there'd be some questions about if he could fit into the lineup, uh, how that would work out. Obviously, like everyone's still very high on Boucher, even though he's kind of, came back down to earth over the last uh, few weeks, but he's still playing very strong um, and having him play that center position and just kind of working with it. Uh, Also um, the Stanimal, I keep wanting to call him Logan Stanley, but he's not Logan Stanley. Stanley Johnson is uh, he's, he's showing why he is like probably one of the best defensive players uh, or low key, one of the best defensive players in the league right now. Same with OG and Anobi who has really came into his own. Like they're, there's still a lot of good things about this roster. And if they add Olenek, do you think he's a guy that could fit in with that? Or do you think it's just, you know, you sign him just because you have the best available or he is the best available at this point?
1: Yeah, well, obviously with Andre Drummond signing with the Lakers and Lamarcus Aldridge signing with the Nets, the center position is, is pretty limited. Okay, I believe, I, I forget who I was talking to. I, I think I was talking to to my buddy Derek the other day and he was asking the same thing. He said, like, who's out there for centers? Because we cleared up roster spots with um, Terrence Davis and, and Matt Thomas being gone. So well, like, there was Andre Drummond, of, of course, that's kind of the main person everyone's going after, but there's also Kelly Olenek. There's also Scala Bissier. Um, Demarcus cousins, another guy that's, uh, that's a free agent right now. So there are free agents out there on the bio market with Kelly Olynyk, I would say it'd be an interesting fit. I would like him on the team because whenever we play the Miami or the Boston or whatever team he's on at that point, he always kills the Raptors. He always has his best games against the Raptors. I don't know why. I don't know how he just does. So I'd want him on the team to not have to play against him. I love his game. I love he's a big man that can really stretch the floor, shoot threes. But he would have to put a lot more effort and focus into rebounding because that's something that the Raptors have lacked all season. And that's why it would, it would have been nice to have gotten an Andre Drummond type player that can literally sit down there, get your 15, 15, 20, 20 every game. and. And leave that that a rebounding machine, which is what the, the Raptors need when they're they're struggling from the outside. They don't have that one big man, which we thought was going to be Baines, but he hasn't really worked out yet. So I mean, we, we thought that we were getting a, a rebounding machine in, in Aaron Baines and someone that can set the picks and everything. But I think that if we were to get Olinick, that's something that he would really have to. Um, focus on in his game is is hitting the boards get getting down and dirty getting those uh, easy put put back tip dunks that that sort of thing so I don't know if we'll see um, right now I'm, I'm curious as to how this next two or three week stretch is going to go um, inserting Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood into the lineup and seeing how they can maneuver that and and that's what I think most fans should be looking forward to right now is seeing how that seeing how they perform with the pressure of we want to and we need to make playoffs this year.
0: If you are following along with the Raptors, you're not sure what's coming up next, my advice would be don't panic. This is a good team. Like, and I'll I'll say it before, or well, I said it before, but the only reason why they're in this spot right now is because of COVID. They're in a little bit of a hole. Definitely to the, uh, at the start of the season, when they had those losses, it didn't help either, but this team isn't out of it. If you're a Raptors fan and you're following along with everything, don't panic. There's still lots of time to get back into it. The playing round, it's, I'm not a fan of it, but if it means it gives the Raptors a chance to show that, you know, Hey, they do belong. There's still that, that team that can contend. I, I mean, maybe not even contend this year. Cause to me, they're not contenders, but they are not statistically what they are right now. They're not that team. It's just, it's just how it fell with, with everything going on and with some of the distractions outside of the court. And it's just, it's how it is, but don't panic right now. Give them the three weeks, let them prove that, let them, let them prove that they do belong there. Cause I think they do. I think that they could finish uh, in that seventh spot. I had them pegged at like five or four. I don't see, that's not really going to happen anymore. That's, that's that kind of long gone, but they can definitely fill out the bottom of the playoff seating and then from there, it just really depends on, you know, if they can stay healthy or not. That is pretty much the biggest thing. And uh, Lowry, too, I just saw that he's out tonight against Portland with uh, with foot soreness. I'm not exactly sure what that's about. But, you know, again, just keeping guys healthy, managing minutes, and just making sure you give yourselves a chance.
1: So with Lowry out tonight, you're going to see a lot more of Gary Trent Jr., especially facing his old team. You're going to see Gary Trent Jr. at the two, I would say. So it would be Van Fleet, um, Gary Trent Jr., OG, maybe Rodney Hood. And then either Pascal or, or Baines. Um, but I would much – I would say probably it would be Baines would be in because he's they're facing up against uh, – they'll have Nurkic starting. So I would say the starting lineups is going to go something like uh, – Van Vliet, Trent, OG, Pascal, and then Baines.
0: Yeah, that's, um, I imagine that's what I was going to go. I was trying to see if I could find the, the starting lineup for tonight, but they didn't have it posted just yet. But uh, anyway, last minute of the podcast, let's do it. Uh, if you don't know what this is, basically, I just asked Jaden some rapid fire questions and we just go, if it leads into a conversation, we get into it. Are you Are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's
0: do it, man. All right. First question. Uh, last night was uh, UFC, a big fight, a main event between Nagano and uh, Miocic. Uh, this is probably why I sound very slow or had a good night watching it anyway. Now, Jaden, you don't watch the UFC. It's never been your thing. And last night you texted me asking if you wanted to do the BHL. I said, no, I wanted to watch the fights. And you declined like right away. Why won't you watch the UFC with me? Why? What is keeping you from getting into the UFC?
1: I'm not familiar with the UFC. I know a little bit, but I don't know a lot. And to me, it comes down to it's, it's two guys in a cage beating the hell out of each other. Which, hey, I will watch on a very rare occasion. If someone else is watching it, like, I, I don't know. I'm just not fully into it. Um, I I... I'm just, it just doesn't pique my interest whatsoever. But I mean, hey, to, to, to each their own.
0: You know what? One of these days, I'm going to get you to sit down with me. We're going to watch one one big pay-per-view with big fights. And if you're still not into it, I will never ask you again. But yeah, at least you have to sit down and try it with me. Okay. That, that, just once. Just once. That's all I'm asking all,
1: right. all right. Next question.
0: All right. Wow. I want to move on quick from that one. Uh, the national women's hockey league, uh, it was teased a bit that there is another team that is being planned for the NWHL. They said it was most likely North of the border. So if that is the case, Jaden, where would be the next national women's hockey league team in Canada?
1: I would assume it would be in Ontario, maybe Quebec. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I would say that it may like it, it. would have to be a major city. That's that's the one thing. It have, it, it. wouldn't be like the CBL, um, the Canadian League Basketball League, where it's like a bunch of um, smaller cities. But I would assume that it would be a major city just because all the rest of the teams in the league are major cities. So I'm I'm not sure where they might be looking, but um, it in my opinion, it would have to be a major city in either Ontario or Quebec.
0: My guess would be 100% Montreal, uh, just from understanding like that there's a strong hockey market there. Um, I also wouldn't put off Ottawa or Hamilton because of how it works. They could do the smaller cities and get away with it. Um, so that might be interesting to watch for. Or even if they were to do Montreal, putting the team in Laval instead of the major city, but it'll be interesting. I think for sure Montreal, though, if, if it does fall through. Uh, speaking of the Canadian Elite Basketball League, there was a recent interview lately talking about how popular and how hyped up the Canadian Elite Basketball League has become, especially in Canada. We've, uh, we've seen just over the last two years how much it's been able to grow, how it's becoming a more popular destination for pro players to come. And initially, the goal was to get the league to 12 teams. Now they're talking about going beyond that. So, with that being said, what's one city in Canada that you think deserves a CBL team? Hmm. Where would you like to see a team if you were if you were to be given or granted uh, where to put a team? Where would you put it?
1: See, I'm gonna say a city, and it's already there's already gonna be a team there. Like,
0: all right, what is it?
1: I want to I want to say Mississauga.
0: There is actually no team there.
1: okay, yeah. I would say Mississauga there's such a strong basketball presence in Mississauga. Uh, a lot of guys that um, have played high end basketball come out of Mississauga they go there for, for tournaments and um, and to play so I think that Mississauga would be a great location for that.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that I think the only reason why they've been Uh, a little bit um not shy about mississauga i think i know the uh the canadian premier league has been poking mississauga like with a stick ever since they started because uh they said like there's a lot of money there um in terms of looking at like stability and if you could fill the arena we know that the uh paramount fine food center it's absolutely gorgeous if you haven't had a chance to check it out i I recommend it it's it's a pretty uh, big crowd as well but if i had to choose um where I would put a team for the CBL. I would say Quebec city. I am still surprised. There is no major sports represented in Quebec city. They probably have, you definitely need to be careful about how you market it. And you'll need to take a lot of local players uh, or at least French players from Quebec. But I think if you put the right team on the court, Quebec would uh, Quebec city would go absolutely mental, especially since you'd be the first professional team there. I think the CBL uh, really should look at trying Quebec City. But that's that's my personal take. Most underserved uh, big market in, in Canada or even North America, for that matter, of having like zero, zero professional sports teams. They have junior teams, but they don't have any professional sports teams. Right. Uh, final question, and this one is kind of big. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, they've looked pretty solid last game. They were going on that weird seven-game slide but it looks like they're starting to come back to life a little bit, especially with Wayne Simmons. We saw that the lines have been changed up a little bit for the Leafs, putting Simmons on the first line, uh, and he's looked really good. there. also moving Thorne and Spence together, which has looked pretty good. The trade deadline for the NHL is coming up fairly soon. I believe it's two weeks away. Dubas has said that he's not really looking at the defense, uh, so much in defense, but more forward. So with that being said, who's one player that the Leafs need to pick up? Taylor Hall's been thrown out there. Um, from the Arizona Coyotes, Connor Garland has been talked about and mentioned. Who are Leaves Leafs going to pick up or do they need to do any changes at all?
1: Um, I would say if you have a chance to pick up Taylor Hall, that would be a great pickup. Um, there's also Ricard Raquel, who we've talked about previously, but I would say Taylor Hall, if you have the chance to get him, I mean, it doesn't hurt to add another goal scorer to your lineup.
0: But I was also just thinking of the fact that if you had uh, Matthews Marner and then you put Taylor Hall in the left wing, who oh, oh, oh man, that talk about how deadly would that be? Taylor by, Taylor would get like 50 goals in like 20 games as a pure sniper, I swear to god. Or even if they brought back Phil Kessel on that line of holy
1: shit. oh my god.
0: Man, yeah, if you, you they well, need but... a pure sniper on that line. That is that's my thing. They need a pure sniper. On Are you that saying lineup.
1: Austin Matthews is not a pure sniper? No. No, okay, you know what? A... No, 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 we're not.
0: We're not getting into this now. We'll save it for next episode. We're not getting into this now. Oh man, now he got me loaded up. He's he's not a sniper. He's a playmaker.
1: Next podcast.
0: Okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll leave that for now. Anyway, that finishes it up for today. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Six Sports Talk. Also, uh, coming this week or uh, sometime soon, I should say. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook now at six sports Talks, So just look that up. Um, we're going to be posting some cool content there more or less right now, we're just trying to figure out what exactly we're going to be doing with the channels and how often we'll post, um, mainly because I work full time and Jaden, you've been like super busy. Actually, that's a uh, Toronto for change. Uh, you guys just had the event last Thursday. I'm sorry. I missed it. Um, had some things come up last minute, but from, yeah. I bet what you I heard... did. yeah. Okay. Okay. Chill. Anyway, I heard it was really good. You uh you raised uh, quite a bit of money, and overall, it was just it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. We ended up raising over twenty five hundred dollars for the Ahead of the Game Foundation. Um, Jonathan Hood, who is our host, did an unbelievable job. Our our self defense instructor Trey really showed us some great self defense moves and um, how to stay safe um, and, and to get out of certain positions um, that attackers might try on you. And also our speakers, can't thank them enough, Marsha Gay Knight and uh, also Justin Alleman, two incredible, incredible people that embody Black excellence. And actually, after the event, uh, our group actually got to sit and talk with Marcia Gay Knight. She stayed on the call and and just talked to us about life um, for like an hour and a half after um after our event so that was an unbelievable experience she's such an incredible woman and and we can't thank her enough um and everyone who attended thank you so much we know that times are tough right now money-wise work-wise school-wise life-wise just everything is so tough right now we're we can see the light at the end of the tunnel but we're not getting there but we want to thank everyone who came to our event and to show support for head of Game, we really really appreciate it, and we hope that you had as much fun as we did.
0: That's awesome. Uh, before we go, you want to uh, plug your socials as well?
1: Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at Jaden G Jones and then on Instagram at underscore Jaden G Jones.
0: You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Red Black to keep up to date, and obviously be sure to follow us at Six Sports Talk again on Twitter and keep an eye out for Instagram and Facebook. Uh, when we'll start posting more often there. And uh, overall, hopefully get some Blue Jay talk next week. Excited for the season starting and uh, much more as well. Stay safe. Thank you for listening and we'll be back sometime soon.